Hello and welcome to the Hello Rookie Podcast. Today we're talking the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, specifically building some FanDuel and DraftKings lineups who we're targeting, who we're not targeting, uh, second to last salary cap slate of the NFL season. Enjoy it while it's here. It's going to be a showdown lineup for the Super Bowl as well as the College Football National Championship. Um, we will have a podcast for both of those. Um but let's start here with the divisional round. We'll, uh, I guess, give a kind of overview of the slate and and share who we're targeting in each position. So, um, as you might expect, implied totals are down are down again here this week. Um, in fact, the only two teams that have an implied total over their season scoring averages are the Packers, uh, twenty five point implied total versus twenty three points per game on the year, and the Texans, twenty four versus twenty three. Uh, the Chiefs come in. Um, with a implied total that is the exact same number that they were just here at 28. The Ravens are down to 29 from 33. Vikings are down to 21 from 25. 49ers are down to 27 from 30. So um, not a ton of points expected this weekend. I, I, I think it'll still be an entertaining, entertaining and challenging slate. Nonetheless, um, I think we've got some some winners built here for you guys. So if you haven't already done so, you can check out our article um, for the slate, hellorookie.com. You'll find it right on the homepage, um, or you can just click on the NFL category in the menu, and it'll be on top of that page as well. Okay, so at quarterback, uh, and I'm, I'm going to build a DraftKings lineup first, and then we'll we'll talk about FanDuel's pricing a little bit after that. Um, at quarterback, I think, you know, on both sites, you can expect Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes to be the chalk plays this week. Um I think, you know, I don't think Baltimore is quite there yet with Lamar Jackson as far as letting him throw it. If you pull up his game log, they didn't let him throw it a ton in, in tougher matchups this season. In fact, he had a couple of tough matchups where it was is expected to be a more defensive game where he threw it, you know, fewer than 25 times, you know, fewer than 20 times on a few occasions. I do think he's going to run it a bunch. Of, I think 100 yards is definitely in play here. I do expect him to have a rushing touchdown. Um but that being said, just given, uh, you know, the fact that I don't expect him to throw for 300 yards or anything crazy like that, um, I'm, I'm leaning a little towards Patrick Mahomes in this slate at 7,500, facing um, a Houston defense that, you know, they're they're beatable on the ground and through the air. Um, it's worth noting, you know, that, that Mahomes did somewhat struggle against the Texans earlier this season, um, 275 yards and three touchdowns, but he only completed – 54% of his passes in that game and turned the ball over twice. So um, not the best showing earlier this year, and that was a home game. I think it was week six, something like that. Um, but, again, it's a great matchup. Houston's secondary, um, along the eighth-highest opponent QB uh, rating on the season. They were 26 in the league in sacks. They they struggled to get pressure all year. I think they only had 31 sacks on the season. Um, I do think the Chiefs are going to hang 30 here. Um, I think that they'll have a game plan ready. And and I do expect uh, Deshaun Watson to, to keep pace a little bit and force Mahomes to throw into the second half. Um, that being said, you know, I like the matchup for Damian Williams as well. If you go back to his uh, playoff campaign last year, he, he put up 250 yards and four touchdowns in two playoff games. He had, um, I believe, three touchdowns in the game against New England um, and 150 total yards and a touchdown in the divisional round of last season so he had a big playoff run he closed this regular season out on a similar pace he had 240 uh, total yards 246 total yards and three touchdowns in the last two games of the regular season for the Chiefs 
snap count um, jumping up to essentially a season high to close out the year with uh, McCoy a healthy scratch in week 16 and then not playing in week 17. So, again, um, favorable matchup with the Texans, you know, statistically the worst run defense remaining in the playoffs here, giving up 4.9 yards per carry on the season and um, 5.8 yards per carry over the last month. Uh, so really favorable matchup for Williams. He comes in hot. He'll have a role in the passing game. Uh, contributed in the playoffs last year. So I, I do like Damian Williams here. Um, at the other running back spot, I've, you know, uh, I'm hearing a lot of people on Dalvin Cook, and I get that. You know, he's looked unstoppable and almost matchup proof throughout the year. Same thing, Derek Henry. I'm not hearing his name nearly as much, probably because he doesn't have quite the role in the passing game. And Baltimore's defense has been so dominant. Uh, especially over the second half of the season. I'm probably going to play Aaron Jones. I think that he's established himself as the best player in this offense. Um, And, you know, he's averaged 110 yards and over one rushing touchdown per game over the last month of the regular season. I do expect them to use him as a workhorse here in this game against Seattle. Uh, Maybe 30, 30 touches, total touches, 150 total yards and a score here for Aaron Jones in this matchup. Um, Again, Seattle's Seattle was a team that coming into this year, we, you know, actually pretty much all offseason and heading into, you know, even week one, we said the secondary is a disaster. The run defense is going to be really solid. And then, you know, they, they actually were for the first oh, month of the season or something like that. They were a top 10 run defense and a bottom 10 pass defense. Fast forward to today, they ended the season averaging or giving up 4.8 yards per carry. Um, so to get to that number, they had to give up five and a half yards per carry over the second half of the season. And they gave up just under six yards per, per carry over the last month of the season. So this run defense is, is just been atrocious to close out the year. So I think Aaron Jones uh, is in a great matchup at home uh, in a playoff game that uh, I expect LaFleur to, to ride him in. So look for 25 carries and another four to five targets in the passing game. So I like Aaron Jones uh at home here at 7,400 on DraftKings. Then moving to the wide receiver position, um, I kind of, I, I struggled with this because I think um, Devontae Adams is the safer play. Uh, if you look at Tyreek Hill, in his in his four career playoff games, he averages 57 yards per game, receiving yards per game. He hasn't caught a pa- touchdown pass in his career. He does have a rushing touchdown in the playoffs, but he doesn't have a touchdown reception in his career. It's worth noting that two of those four games came with Alex Smith, that quarterback, um, and then the two with Patrick Mahomes last season were tougher matchups. And um, Mahomes actually didn't throw a touchdown in the divisional round of the playoffs last season. So I think this this matchup with Houston is an opportunity for uh, – I'm not, not necessarily Mahomes, but Tyreek Hill to kind of get that playoff monkey off his back. I expect him to have a big game. In addition to um, the stats that we kind of rattled off with Mahomes in the in the Texans secondary, they also gave up the I think it was the seventh most big plays um, in the NFL this season. I think forty four. I'm sorry, fourteen um, passing plays of fourteen or forty plus yards. Um, let me double check that number. Yeah, so twelve. 12 passing plays of 40 plus yards was the seventh most in the NFL. So they, they allowed a bunch of big plays. I think Tyree kill gets at least one of those here. And I mean, if you look at the other pass catchers for the chiefs, you know, if it's not Hill, Damian Williams out of the backfield or Travis Kelsey, um, you know, I think 
over the last five weeks, Sammy Watkins has, you know, combined to catch 10 passes. Um, and it's been even worse for, for the other receivers here. So I think Tyreek Hill is going to get a bunch of targets in this game, double digit targets for sure. He'll hit at least one big play. I think he gets to hundred yards and, and has his first breakout playoff game of his career. So like Tyreek Hill, 7,600. So if I'm playing Hill in this lineup, I'll, I'll probably not end up playing Kelsey at tight end just because I've already got Damian Williams and Tyreek Hill. So you kind of, you know, I don't, I don't want to have too many chiefs. So I will play a different tight end here, but I do like uh, Travis Kelsey as well. He's not, he, you know, like Hill, he doesn't have the best track record, but you know, you have to keep in mind that those Alex Smith years, that offense was a little more conservative than it is right now. So it'll be, um, they'll, they'll be airing it out a little more than they did with Alex Smith for sure. Uh, and all right. So at the next wide receiver position, um, while we're on the topic of tight ends that, that have tough matchups here, um, George Kittle's facing a Vikings defense that is the best defense in the NFL against opposing tight ends, giving up only four fantasy points on the season. Um, thanks in large part to Anthony Barr, and Anthony Harris, who are two of the best uh, coverage guys at their positions. So I think Kittle's going to be slowed down somewhat. You don't expect the 49ers to be able to run all over the Vikings. The clear advantage is, is you know, targeting the Vikings corners that have struggled throughout the year. You look at the opponent rank here on DraftKings. They're giving up the 26 most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Um, of the 49ers wide receivers that are getting snaps, which is only three, um, you've got Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel with uh, extremely high snap counts over the the final month of the season. Um, I'll pull those up. And Kendrick Bourne's snap count was actually up over 60% uh, over the final month of the regular season. So you've got Emmanuel Sanders at 98% and Debo Samuel at at um, yeah right around 85% to close out the year. Um, so those two guys were always on the field. And then, you know, when they went into three wide receiver sets, it was almost exclusively Kendrick Bourne. So I like all three guys. Um, by far, my favorite play on DraftKings is Debo Samuel. Saw his red zone role increase over the last six weeks of the season. Four of his six touchdowns on the year came in the last six weeks of the season, two of them rushing. Um, I think he scored a rushing touchdown each of the last two weeks um, to close out the year, yeah. So Debo Samuel, I think, has a higher floor and higher ceiling and a lower price on DraftKings, so he would be my preferred play between he and Sanders on um, DraftKings. And then um, Kendrick Bourne, is I think the top value option in this slate. He gives you big play upside. Um, again, a favorable matchup, a spot where um, the the 49ers are going to have to use their wide receivers. So I, I'm not sure that I prefer him over Hollywood Brown, but if you find yourself playing Hollywood Brown too much this weekend, which I see him uh, his name out there a bunch, so I'm assuming a lot of people are going to be using him. I think Kendrick Bourne is a nice alternative to him uh, this week. Um so I'm going to plug him into this lineup as well. And then at the tight end position, uh, so we've been pick, kind of picking on the Titans defense against uh, opposing tight ends all season. In fact, if you pull up the game log, they gave up monster games to just about every fantasy relevant tight end that they faced. Uh, the list includes, you know, 97 yards to Hunter Henry, 70 plus yards and a touchdown to Jack Doyle. Um, a touchdown to Eric Ebron, 80 plus yards and two touchdowns to Jared Cook, 100 plus yards and a touchdown to Austin Hooper. I think Travis Kelsey had 80 yards and a touchdown against them. So literally every fantasy relevant tight end that came up against the Titans had a big game against them. So I think um, this is a spot where Mark Andrews could be the focal point of the, well, he, he obviously will be, has been all year, of the Baltimore 
passing offense, but I, I think I'll actually find some success here. It's one of the the main mismatches that the Ravens can target, and you know they've done a good job of finding and exploiting those mismatches all all season. Especially when you look at Andrews and his game log, he's beat up on some defenses that struggled against tight ends throughout the year. So I think it's going to be a big week for Mark Andrews. Certainly is a better matchup than Kittle. Um, and, and in the case of this lineup, you know, I don't want to have too many Chiefs in the lineup. Um, and, and the Texans have been better than average against tight ends. I think they give up maybe exactly seven DraftKings points per game to opposing tight ends. So they could do a solid job on Kelsey. And um, certainly if Tyree Kill is hitting big plays, that bites into Kelsey's value a little bit here as well. So I like Mark Andrews, um, 5,600 on DraftKings. Uh, and then... I'm going to go ahead and just plug in a, a defense here. This is, you know, I've had a lot of questions. Or I got a lot of questions last week at least about uh, how to handle the defenses in the playoffs here. I don't think you're going to get a ton of points out of any of them. So the way that I would do it is kind of avoid defenses that you think are in a bad spot, you know, maybe target defenses that are that are mispriced. In, in the case of this slate, I think, um, the pricing is pretty good and on FanDuel, it's a little more suspect, uh, you know, certainly the home defenses should be priced higher and they are, um, if, if I was going to rank, you know, who, who I'd look to target, I think, you know, Seattle could struggle against a green Bay defense. That's kind of well built to, uh, slow them down. San Francisco is, is clearly in a good spot against Minnesota. Kirk Cousins did not look. Uh, did not look good last week, in my opinion. Um, I'm, you know, Kansas City. I think I had them rated as the number one defense heading into this slate, and then I think Baltimore could find more success than people expect against Tennessee. Tennessee played a really soft schedule to close out the regular season, um, so they they haven't. Tannehill really hasn't been tested against a defense like Baltimore. So, in the case of this one, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I think they're a little bit undervalued here. I don't expect. I think you know, Lamar Jackson could turn the ball over. I don't think that Baltimore will be able to get their running backs going. Um, so I think Tennessee um, at 2,400 and it, and it leaves me 4,600, which is a number that I know that I want to target because that gives me enough room to um, squeeze Hollywood Brown into this lineup. So I've got two guys here uh, with a bunch of downside and a, and a bunch of upside given their big playability with Kendrick Bourne and Hollywood Brown. Um, there's a different way that you could put this lineup together. Certainly we can do that, um, as well, but as far as Hollywood goes, um, close out the, the season with some injury concerns and he was sick in week 17. So his numbers to close out the year, um, don't necessarily accurately reflect his role in the offense right now. He's clearly the go-to receiver. His snap counts good. His target rate is, is fine when he's healthy. Um, so I think he's got a chance in this one and in the Titans secondary is solid, uh, but it's it's not necessarily built to stop a guy like Hollywood Brown. You look at their corners; they don't have the quickest um, or fastest top end corners in the league. Uh, I think they're the safeties are going to be um, have their hands full with the you know Mark combination of Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst in this one. So I think Hollywood Brown could potentially hit a big play, which would you know basically with the playoffs uh, with the target value coming down in the playoffs, he could you know reach value on one play. Um, so I do like Hollywood Brown here. If um, that's a little risky for you, uh, you could go ahead and switch up the tight end position, pay down a little bit. So the question becomes, you know, what, um, you know, what's the gap between, um, let's say, Raheem Mostert and and um, and 
Kendrick Bourne on the same team and then the, the gap between Mark Andrews and another tight end that's got a solid snap count. Let's, you know, I think Fels' snap count was like 98% last week. And obviously Kansas City, when you look at the tight end matchups for the week, Kansas City is, um, you know, on paper, the the softest t- defense for his tight ends. I would make the argument that Tennessee kind of had a much more favorable schedule against tight ends, and that's the only reason that their uh, season um, scoring average is, is is lower than Kansas City's. But So let's say you want to target Darren Fells, uh, solid snap count, a red zone roll, um, s- certainly has a much lower floor than Mark Andrews. Um, but you you can make the argument that, you know, come Monday, both guys will have scored the same points and it won't be necessarily that big of a surprise. Um, in that case, um, I think you, you could plug Raheem Mostert in a certainly a higher floor given his role in this offense and San Francisco's ability to run the ball, especially at home. Um, you can plug Mostert in at, at the flex, much higher floor than Kendrick Bourne, um, and still target that upside with uh, Hollywood Brown at wide receiver here. So. That's another way to do it. I, I prefer the first, a little more upside, maybe a little more risk. I guess it depends on what you're doing with your lineup, what sort of lineup or what sort of contest you're entering in. Um, we're, you know, I'm building this as a millionaire maker lineup here, but it's not necessarily that. As most of you guys that subscribe know, I tend to play uh, almost exclusively cash games, specifically for the reason that we saw last week with uh, the. Um, um, uh, I guess husband and wife bachelor pair uh, putting, you know, each maxing out their lineups, you know, there's, there's that's just, you know, an example that got busted. It's happening constantly um, throughout the industry. So it's it, just one of many reasons to avoid. And beyond that, it's, you know, the fact that you, you've got like a 15% chance of even making the money that you would in a cash game where it's, you know, a 50, 50. So it's just not for me, but that being said, um, the way you build your lineup, I guess, would be determined by the the type of contest you're entering and what sort of upside you need. So putting the, the same sort of lineup together on FanDuel, uh, is a, it, there is a little bit difference here. Um, I think the pricing, in my opinion, is a little bit softer. Let's go ahead and put it together and, and see how it turns out. So I'm going to start with uh, Mahomes, Aaron Jones, and Damian Williams again. I feel really good about that, that trio. Um, I definitely think, you know, despite the, you know, from what I've seen, it seems to be a industry consensus that Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver play. Um, I do think there's an argument to be made that Devontae Adams and his 15 plus targets against the Seattle secondary that say what you want about them there, you know, you, he, he can beat the Seattle secondary. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that, that he's, uh, and he arguably has a bigger, um, red zone role as well, that he's the safer and the better play here. Um, but I will go ahead and plug Tyreek Hill in again, Debo Samuel again here. I think uh, given the FanDuel pricing, the fact that um, Samuel's at 6,100 and, and Sanders is 5,700, so they've kind of corrected the mistake that DraftKings made by making Sanders uh, more expensive. I think if you look at the um, the prices, though, Samuel's about the same price on both slates as, as far as a, a share of your total overall salary which means Sanders is a nice value here on FanDuel. So I'm going to go ahead and plug him in, um, avoid Kendrick Bourne altogether, um, and Bourne's 60% snap count, get Sanders in his 100% snap count, slightly higher ceiling or ceiling and floor, a considerably higher floor um, out of Sanders here. Tight end will stick with Mark Andrews again. Love the matchup. Um, and then at the flex, we're going to go ahead and target Hollywood Brown again. 
who is, I believe, um, 5,300 on FanDuel. There he is. It's going to leave 4,500 for our defense, which opens up um, anyone other than the Ravens and, and 49ers. I'd like to get to the 49ers. I like both Green Bay and Kansas City here. Um, I think Green Bay has a, a higher floor, a lower ceiling. Kansas City, um, maybe the opposite, uh, given how they closed out the, the regular season. Um, back to back to back, double digit games with a 22 point game five weeks ago. So, um, but I will go with the Green Bay Packers, I guess, at home against Seattle. I think Seattle could struggle to move, move the ball um, against the Packers, who, like I said, I think the strength of the defense all year has been the secondary. Um, but given how Seattle's run game has looked um, over the past couple of weeks, I think Green Bay's in a really good position this week to um, to shut out the, the Seahawks offense. So Mahomes, Aaron Jones, Damian Williams, Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, and Green Bay's defense on FanDuel over on DraftKings. Um, it's going to be Mahomes, Williams, Aaron Jones, Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, Kendrick Bourne, and the Titans defense. All right, so that does it for our divisional round podcast. We will be back. Um, promise we will be back. So Joe and I, uh, we've had just to address the all the questions about where we where we are, where we've been. We, you know, we run tw- a total of twenty websites that need our attention basically every single day. It's a lot to manage. Um, you know, Hellerick is not our our full-time job or our full-time project. Uh, hopefully our goal is that it will be, um, by next football season. But as, as of right now, um, you know, as I'm recording this podcast, he's got 20 tabs open on his computer and is grinding away. And I'll go back to that tomorrow. So that's kind of why there isn't a regular schedule at this time. We thought that there would be by now there, there, hopefully there will be by next football season, we certainly will be putting out more content moving forward. Um, but just make sure wherever you're listening to the podcast that you subscribe, turn on notifications. Uh, you can also, there's a link in the description of the podcast to the website, to the article for the week. You can subscribe there as well and get our articles, which, you know, sometimes as was the case with the college football betting guide, which we'll probably do a podcast for that. But sometimes there's a, you know, we'll, we'll write an article and not do a podcast for it. So Thank you for watching, listening, whatever, wherever you are, and we'll see you next time.